Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. He campaigned on ending hallway health care, and, well, today we learned it's going to be a very painful fix. Dr. Uh, Ruben Devlin is who Doug Ford appointed to fix hallway care, you know, and all that ails the system. And his first report was, uh, you know, dropped today outlining the state of care. And I think one of the big takeaways is that we are just waiting way too long for treatment. You know, treatment is too hard to find. You know, in other words, when you actually need a doctor, you can't get one or you can't get the right one. There's some very unconventional spaces uh, where patients are being held before they could be admitted to hospital, and that's unacceptable to us. We know that we need to improve not on primary care. We need to improve on access to long-term care, better home care, and a, a real focus on mental health and addictions. Lots still to fix. And so we also, you know, find out that in the last six years, emergency room visits have gone up 11%. 11%. That's another 6 million patients that have gone through the system. And these are people people that couldn't get beds. They couldn't get in for care that they needed at that time. And when they did, you know, they get, you know, seated in a hallway with their butts sticking out for everyone to see. I mean, that's what happens. Um, and it also puts a lot of stress on the frontline workers. And the staff burnout, the absences, all of this is a sign of a system that is collapsing. So he does have some recommendations. You know, none of this is going to be an easy fix. It's not just as simple as adding beds because we need 8,000 beds. That's what we need. We need 8,000 beds. And even if we got those beds, it still doesn't identify every other problem with the system. And so I think if we can get some people out of the system and get treatment in their own community facilities or maybe even home service, that would actually help. He does say it can be fixed. And we can have better service and a better system and save money. That was good news. I'm like, okay, let's see it. Let's bring in Dr. David Jacobs to this conversation. He is a doctor, a radiologist, in fact, who joins us regularly here. He's also with the Coalition of Ontario Doctors. Hello there. Hi there. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm, it's been an interesting day. You know, we started the day with the report, and then, of course, we were talking about privatization. Uh, I'll get your reaction uh, to Andrea Horvath um, and what she was talking about a little in a little bit, but I want to go through the report itself of what Dr. Devlin said. And, and I think for people to understand, this, this guy is kind of a master of, of medicine and, and has the ability, I think, to streamline the system the way it should be, correct? Yes, he, he's uh, been very skilled at uh, transformation of healthcare, uh, and uh, Humber was his pet project, and uh, uh, the proof is in the hospital. It's a fantastic institution. You know, one of the big, and there's a few takeaways from this report, is that folks just simply cannot get the services they, that they need. They cannot navigate the system. You know, you get an injury, where do you go? Do you go to your doctor? Do you go to an emergency? Do you go to a clinic? Like, you just can't, people just can't get the care, so they show up at the eMERGE. Well, it, it's, um, the eMERGE has really become the entryway into healthcare, and it should be for certain conditions, but it shouldn't be for every condition. Uh, and it, 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 it's a 
really very much a system failure. It's not a failure on the part of the patients. It's a failure on the part of, of the system. We need uh, more clear delineation and better access and more consistent access so patients know where to go and they know when they go there, uh, whether it be a walk-in clinic or their family physician, that there'll be somebody there to take care of them. Yeah, I mean, I can only speak to my own experience, um, you know, of what I've, you know, because I don't exactly go to emerge a lot. But one of the things I noticed, because I had a, I got a blood infection of all things in my cuticle. And, you know, you don't want to go to an emergency because your cuticle hurts. But I mean, <laughs> the pain doctor was like this, my arm's going to fall. It turns out that I had blood poisoning, but I had to go back and forth from the doctor to the emerge over a period of four weeks until someone went, oh, yeah, you've got, uh, you're starting to go into toxic shock. And I was like, okay. But again, <laughs> navigating the system was almost impossible because I couldn't get to the doctor when I need to get to the doctor. When I got to the doctor, they said, you got to go to the eMERGE. It's, it's very difficult. Well, what ends up happening is, uh, as a patient, you go through that experience once and you don't do it again. You just say, you know what, forget it. I'll sit in the emergency room and I'll wait till I've been seen. Because at the emergency room, all of the specialists are there. Uh, radiologists are there 24-7, internists, surgeons, everyone's there. So if it is something that needs to be taken care of, you know that at least it's going to get eventually taken care of in your 24 hours that it takes from when you sign in and register to when you actually get seen by a physician. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it shouldn't be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. But we, as healthcare professionals, have to do a better job setting up the system. And the Ministry of Health, uh, they've had 15 years under the Liberals to do that. Uh, and uh, now it's time to give... Uh, Doug Ford and uh, Dr. Devlin and their team a chance to do it correctly because it just hasn't happened yet. Well, no, it hasn't. I mean, and so I think all these problems have kind of, uh, you know, hit a crescendo, you know, the big uh, complications of mental health patients. You know, we're seeing huge spikes in children and youth cases. And I guess, you know, you find a kid on the street who's in distress, the cops don't know where it goes. They show up at the hospital. That's not where a, a, a young person or a person with mental illness should go. But where do they go? There's a huge gap for uh, mental health, particularly for youth. Uh, The the very young, there really is very little for them. And you have parents who are desperate for their uh, preteens and their teens to find them help. They're just really the services aren't available. Now, there has been a large an announcement of a large amount of money for that, and that's mm-hmm. going to be very helpful for KMH. Uh, but you have to remember that this is something that's been building up for years. We closed our institutions in the 60s and 70s um, because we yeah. thought that it was the wrong way to, to, to deal with patients. And uh, in many ways, there were serious problems with them. But we, we, we closed them and we didn't provide uh, the mental health community uh, with all Alternatives, and now we see large uh, number of homeless people. There, there are real, there, there are real consequences to that, and we have decades that we have to catch up on to to, to address those problems. You know, certainly between Toronto. And Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton's got the best hospital, you know, in the world, frankly. And, and, you know, if we can't figure out between these two cities how to get a streamlined service that can address the mental health challenges, certainly the long-term care challenges for elderly people, because that's that's the other side of this, is that we've got all this aging population. There's nowhere to put them. And they're not leaving the hospital soon. So where do they go? 
it's a huge problem because not only do we have an uptick in the number of emerged visits, we have a clogged system on the other end. So we're trying to shove more people in the hospital, and yet yeah. the people who are there have no place to go. So it, it, it's a double problem. And I've got to be honest with you, it's going to take at least three years. When If you, between breaking ground and building one of these buildings, it, it's going to be a two- to three-year process. So I don't think people can expect us to solve the output immediately, yeah. but I think we're, we're going to have to have some creative solutions in terms of how to deal with people uh, with the input in terms of the, the uh, really the assault on the emergency room. It's, it's just getting it's just getting crazy. And these are, these are people who have legitimate problems that need to be treated. Yeah. We just need to find a better way of doing it. You know, we have an awful lot of buildings, government-owned buildings that are sitting vacant all over this province. And we're talking billions of real estate. You know, certainly they could either sell that off and put that to healthcare spending or utilize those those structures to make either uh, space for, for care. But again, this would require outside-the-box thinking. I want to ask you, though, about uh, comments that Andrea Horvath came out today. She had some secret mm-hmm. document. I looked in this document, doctor, and I cannot find the wording where it says we're looking at privatizing things. It doesn't say that. Um, and so she's suggesting that there's this hidden agenda to privatize uh, Medicare. We're in 2019, and and we already have some private care, but is there no room for for a conversation here of of bringing in some services that would help streamline? So here's my thought uh, on privatization. Um, If you're in line uh, at Christmas time and you're at the bay and there's one cashier and the lineup is 50 people deep and somebody opens up another cash, and you're like, well, that's fantastic. Now your lineup's only 25 people deep. That seems like a good idea. If you're able to have a private system whereby you're opening up another cash, which diminishes, which decreases the demands on the on the public system, but doesn't diminish the quality of care in the public system, I think that's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that the majority of the morbidity. Uh, in our society is in the older population. It's in the baby boomers. Yep. The majority of their of the money is in their hands as well. And these are people who will eventually get fed up of waiting and will demand uh, change in how the healthcare system is run. My worry is uh, is that we go the way of Quebec. And what's happened? What I've seen in Quebec is that they've quietly uh, really gone. Through a lot into a lot of private health care, but the government seems to have used the uh, decreased pressure on the private on, on the public health care to decrease the funding in it. Mm-hmm. So it's not so. Yes, the pressure is coming off, but the appropriate level of funding isn't there, and the wait times are pretty horrible for a number of studies in Quebec uh, in terms of diagnostic imaging. So. Is there a role for privatization? Absolutely. But we have to be cautious Mm -hmm. because what we have is is we don't have a perfect system, but we have a good system. And we have to protect what is good in the system and address what is bad. Yeah. Frontline service, good. Executives, bad. (laughs) I got it. All right, Dr. Jacobs, I'll have you on again because I always know that you're the go-to guy on this. And by the way, I ask about privatization. I'm I'm broke. I can't afford private care. I just I just I don't see the problem in having this conversation. So well, I, you know what? I have kids. I have no idea how they'll do in life, and it's very important for us to maintain a good, healthy public health care system. Uh, but you know, we also have the right to self determination. And if you have the money, why shouldn't you be able to take care of yourself? Yeah, it's kind of how I see it.
Common sense prevails. All right, doctor, thank you very much. My pleasure. Talk again. That is Dr. David Jacobs, who is a radiologist, but has certainly been um, looking into this and uh, coming up with solutions of how to make things better. It It ain't an easy fix. It is not an easy fix, but I think it can be done as well. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.